Elfers, do you think Deshaun Watson is worth his contract now? You're listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The What the Elf Was That podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. All right, Elfers, welcome back to What the Elf Was That. You see that game Sunday? I'm telling you, the Browns are coming back looking like a pretty decent team. But I'm excited this week because I have my old college roommate here for one semester only. That should tell you how much we got along in college. Mr. Brad Haskin. Brad, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so Joel and I met in the fall of 1993, if you can believe that. We were offensive lineman of mine and I was a quarterback and we got along great. I think that's my quarterback. <laughs> that's my quarterback. Yeah. So <laughs> we've known each other for just doing the math right at 30 years. Yeah. So Brad's a good guy. I've been with him in college. I think I had some growing up to do and, you know, probably needed to chill out and mature. So we could have gotten along a little bit better, but uh, uh, just so you know about Brad, Brad has stayed in the game and has coached and, I'm assuming you're more on the offensive side of the ball. I can't imagine as a quarterback you're coaching defense, but maybe tell us a little bit about that. Sure. I uh, got out of college, and I was fortunate enough to do my student teaching under a legendary coach, and he gave me an opportunity to coach and absolutely loved it. I got my teaching certificate, and then I ended up being a football coach for 20 years, definitely on the offensive side. All 20 years I coached quarterbacks. Most of the time I coached defensive backs as well. Um, and later in my career with the last couple of years, because we couldn't find a out line, linebacker coach, I helped do that a little bit. But mainly, I was offensive coordinator. And then, of course, when I was a head coach, I called my own plays for it as well. So definitely an offensive background and definitely like uh, to, we like to throw it around a little bit and have it spread offense in the last 10 years or so of my coaching career. See, I'm going to say something about Brad as a high school quarterback. Brad was clearly a man ahead of his time because Brad would be in the shotgun, take the ball. This was a perfect read option quarterback who didn't live in the read option system. That just It wasn't created yet. It wasn't there. So he was just kind of like a running quarterback who could throw and run in a time where teams didn't know what to do with people who could throw and run. It's actually, I'd love to have seen you play now. I think it'd be a different career for you. But is what it is, man. You know, the funny part is that's multiple times have come across my my head. I would have loved the minimal of the spread, but to your to your point, it wasn't around then, and I kind of a little mad. But who knows what the results would have been? But I would have loved to actually played it and given a shot at it. I think you'd have done well. Did you know, Brad? I mean, you may or may not have. Did you know that Hal Mummy and um, Mike Leach actually coached the team we played against? Really? Do you know that? Yeah, we played against um, Iowa Wesleyan. Yep. And they were the coaches of that team. Well, you know, we How? were we were playing JV against them. We didn't play yeah. the varsity. Our varsity squad didn't play them, but I remember that vividly. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Actually, That's right. <clears throat> right back in the days. From me, I was rolling to my left and throw it all the way across the field. And I'm like, somebody's there. <laughs> but that was the game. Iowa Wesleyan. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, they they were creating that offense, that air raid offense, as we were playing them. And I mean, that, and that's some crazy stuff. I was actually talking to uh, Ray Caldwell. You remember Ren- Rainier, right? Yeah. Telling him right. about this. Sent him like like, hey, did you know that like because the fall before, the varsity actually played um, Iowa Wesleyan, and they were at Iowa Wesleyan. And I'm like, did you know that that was Mike Leach? Because this was right when Mike Leach had died. Did you know that was Mike Leach and Hal Mummy? And he was like, really? And he pulled up the tape and he was showing it. And like, it's clearly the air raid offense. So, there, you know, there's a story you can always tell somebody like your kids. Like, you know, what's, what's even more funny about that is Tony Franklin was the one who kind of made all the money off of it with boxing it all up into a system and sold mm-hmm. it. And I had one of the customers and we used, I used his offense. So it was definitely the air raid offense that I used. Word so remind word. me, Tony Franklin, which one is this? Is this the um, – he which one is it? He was one of his offensive coordinator at Auburn. He was at Troy, and then he went to Auburn. And then he actually went to Middle Tennessee State for a while. Um, okay. He wasn't exactly um, the most PC guy, which he kind of got built <laughs> a little bit sometimes. But the guy, the guy sold a lot of systems, and a lot of people used his system. Based on how Mummy and Mike Leach's stuff, Dana Holgerson's a, a is an air raid guy from that group. Um, Neil Brown, who's West Virginia's coach, he's a he's an air raid guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see this, but I got this my massive football library over here. Yeah. Nah, it's about three shelves, so I'm gonna say massive. But I'm trying to think if I have any of these guys' books because I I'm an avid reader of systems and offense in particular. Um, hmm. I ended up reading that helmet to headset or headset to helmet uh, series on that. Um, the air raid with uh, here, here R4 it is with uh, Dub Maddox. Yes, the R four. Yeah, my son's Dub got Maddox. that book in the basement. I got that exact book adapter yeah. die. Um, yeah. I ended up having him go with a different system called QB Connect or QBIQ. Okay. Um, Trent Dilfer's name's around it, but it's a different guy that runs it. Chris. Um, I can't, his name escapes me off the top of my head, but he, uh, it's a lot simpler. Okay. Well, this seemed pretty simple too, but the air raid offense itself seemed pretty simple compared to, so like the Shanahan offense. I mean, have you read about the Shanahan offense? Have you? No, I was never like, I never did. If you ever pick up, uh, Bobby Peters' books, uh, complete 2019 San Francisco 49ers manual, man, it's good 300 pages. But uh, yeah, those outside zone offenses, which what the Browns run, that outside zone. So let's get into the Browns. Okay, sure, Browns Titans recap. So Brad, you get a chance to see any of it now. I got to warn all of you Elfers out there. Brad is a Steelers fan, so anyway, we'll we'll excuse this for right now. Which should tell you why we didn't get along in college. But anyway, many many years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I was uh, actually impressed on the reversal of the results from the Steeler game to the Titan game. I felt like it, uh, Deshaun played much better. And to my surprise as well, I felt like the offensive line blocked pretty well for Jerome Ford as well. Because even in the second half, he had that one long run against mm-hmm. the Steelers. Because I actually thought when Nick Chubb went down, I thought the Steelers had this game in a bag because now we can just pin our ears back which is what we only do well. I mean, we don't really defend the pass as long as we get to him quicker. Right. But bring it all together, I, I just really felt like Deshaun Watson 
and the run game was a lot better against the Titans, who I feel like is a pretty good football program in themselves. Yeah, Mike Vrabel out there, former Ohio State guy. I know that means nothing to you, but we're an Ohio podcast, basically. Um, Mike Vrabel out there. Uh, you know, a lot of things changed between week two and week three for the Browns, and a part of this is what I need to go over in the podcast here. Browns fans, you may have noticed Deshaun Watson's back there in the shotgun a lot in empty and in one back sets. Now, that should surprise you um, unless you've been listening to this podcast, which I've been telling you since March, this is what the Browns offense was going to be. But it's surprising because when Nick Chubb has been the central focal point of the offense, it's been the outside zone, two tight ends, ground and pound the football, run the, the, um, oh, what am I looking for? The... uh, Roll out off the play action, try to hit the people on the, on the, um, I'll tell you what, Brad, I can't think tonight. Second layer, third layer. <laughs> yeah, the, the layer, the layered passes, the waggle, the old wing T waggle. They like to run off that play action pass. Um, you know, so we, we, the Titans game didn't see a lot of that. You saw a lot of that in Pittsburgh. You saw a lot of that against the Bengals. Um, but now, last week, we're looking at Deshaun Watson saying, Hey, let's just put me in shotgun and one back sets and I, you know, empty backfield sets and let's just go at it. And that's what he seems to do best, right? You get the pass rush, he eludes a guy, hits a guy and they're open. The other thing I saw different this week was that Deshaun Watson was on time with his passes. I don't know if you saw that, Brad, last week when they're playing the Steelers. He's sitting there patting the ball, everything's late, nothing's on time, kind of destroyed the running or the passing game. When you do that, then you got to run the football, and then you've got Jerome Ford back there, who, uh, <clears throat> in my opinion, needs some lessons on how to hit a hole. Like, I don't know if he's still got that peewee football mentality that, like, it's got to be a perfect hole. You know? Oh, oh no, no, that's that's Elijah Moore, by the way. <laughs> Elijah Moore is the I got to run it all the way to the sideline and try to go up around, beat everybody to the edge and hit the corner. That's why Elijah Moore should never play running back ever again. But. Jerome Ford doesn't seem to want to hit a hole. He like he wants to see it perfect. You know, it's got to be like this, like the the, the parting of the seas. That's not going to happen in the NFL. You're going to have about this much room, and you're going to slip your butt through that thing, or you're not going to gain any yards. And Jerome Ford seems to want to have that nice big hole, and and that's just not going to happen, not at this level. Don't, don't they all want that big hole? <laughs> yeah. I tell you what. I sit in the. St- I was at the game, and I sat by some really stupid people. I'm going to tell you this story, okay? And Kareem Hunt comes back out, trying to make some, you know, play. He came back this week, runs the ball up the middle. That's who Kareem Hunt is. He's a pinball. He is going to just go in and throw bodies around as he runs through them. And you, there's a place for that in the NFL, right? You, you got to have these people. You know, it's kind of like what Najee Harris does to an extent, right? He's just going to run through the yeah. hole. And gonna gonna hit people. Okay, those backs don't last a long time in the NFL, but they're good when you have them. So Kareem Hunt runs in there. Derrick Henry. Well, I mean, look at Derrick Henry for the last few years. I mean, he's he's slowing down too. That's why they got that other guy they try to run out there who runs a four four forty. I mean, that's where teams are going. But Kareem Hunt runs out there, gets hit. These guys all around me. What they gotta do is make a hole. He can't run the football. There's no hole, and I'm just like, wow, I'm, I'm amongst the geniuses around here. <laughs> well, I feel like every time I go to a football game and bigger than a high school football game, I try in high school watching my son. I stay away from all the 
fans because they they have no idea what they're talking about. Exactly. Like, go to a, like I went to the Mizzou Memphis football game Saturday, and I sat behind or in front of somebody, and and I'm literally telling them basically this formation are going to do this or that, and then boom, it happened. They're like, "How do you know that?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Watch the film or two. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So and, and you just it's the variation of who you sit by, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's always room for like. I think people that you and I like, like you and I just, just we've watched enough football. We've played enough football. We've known enough football. We've coached enough football that you just kind of know what's going to happen. Cause yeah. it's like, you've, you've got the headset on, like, this is what's working. This is what's not working. You know, this is where we need to go with the ball. If you want to be successful, they're going to set up this, this, and you're thinking three plays ahead. Cause that's what you have to think. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So I'm going to set up this and we'll set up this. We'll set up this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell you what. It's almost a, it's a curse when the offense breaks the huddle and the the wide receivers get set up and then I see where the defenders have their leverage of safeties and corners and outside backers and I'm like all right this play's not going to work that one will don't run that this that and it's like I can't even enjoy a football game I got to think of it so coach like but I still love it that way oh yeah so, so much so that I sat on the end zone of that football game Saturday. And everybody else, I can't see anything. I said, I see it all. Yep. I see, yep. you know, the holes open up, they close like that. It's pretty neat to watch that. Yeah, I pretty much, when you go to pro games, I, I like to get in those end zone seats. I'd rather see the the schemes unwind here. While we're getting into this, man, go ahead. How, I was just going to say, how big their splits are. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. The NFL splits are for me to, maybe you, <laughs> six hours. I mean, they're huge, enormous. Yeah, and yet, and yet they can still cover them, right? Like the linemen can still sit there and like get a good. I mean, it's amazing what these guys can do. All right, we got to take our break, so let's let's pay our bills. All right, and after the break, guys, we're gonna do a little segment of pretender or contender. This is where Brad and I will break down the NFL games that we've seen and tell you who is pretending to be good or pretending to be bad, and who's a real contender. Isn't as they are really bad or they are really good. All right, so hang on. And we're back. Make sure to visit our sponsors. That's how we make all the millions of dollars. You know, this is how I can able to afford people like Brad to come on because God knows he's not going to do this for free and share us with his, his, his vast knowledge of offense. Brad, I've really enjoyed having you on so far. It's nice to have conversations with people who understand the game. It, it, it gets tedious, I think, as you might know, talking to people that clearly don't know what they're talking about. I mean, but this is why we do podcasts, right? We're just trying to explain what's happening out there, and we're going to try to help our fellow, for you, Steelers fans, for for me, the, the Browns fans, figure out what's going on. So let's go to Pretender or Contender. So I want some... Are you excited for this? Absolutely. All right, I hope you've watched your football because I've got a couple teams here that I'm really interested in the answer because I keep picking the wrong games for these teams and it's starting to make me mad. So <clears throat> let's go with number one, which I think is an easy one, but I wanna, I'm want i going to throw this the softball out there. Pretender or contender? The Cincinnati Bengals. I think once Joe Burrow's healthy, I think they're going to be a contender. They're all but until gonna- then? They've got three-headed monster in that receiving core that is pretty tough to stop. Now, I think they've taken a hit on their defense a little bit, but I ultimately mm-hmm. think they don't have to score. I mean, they can score a bunch with anybody, so maybe the defense doesn't have to be as good. 
until we get to the playoffs when they're playing the, the teams with three wide receivers that are just as good as their group. All right, so give me the verdict. Oh, definitely contender. Okay, so contender with the caveat of when Joe Burrow comes back. Healthy, when he gets Healthy. that cap. Okay, so I'm kind of buying that, but I'm going pretender, and I'm going to tell you why. That defense is bad, right? I mean, it, it's not just not good. It's bad. Like, I watched that team play Baltimore, and Baltimore came out with that air raid offense, which I can't believe any NFL team runs. But they came out with that air raid offense, and the Bengals looked like they had no idea what they were going to do with it. It was actually quite embarrassing to watch on TV. I mean, I felt embarrassed for the Bengals. I um, kind of have to disagree in the sense that they shut down the Rams last night pretty good. Well, I mean, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I just uh, I just I, want I want them to be pretenders. So, all right. Well, let's okay, be so, honest. We're fans of the same division. I would love to see the nose dive by the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I think they'll be I think I'm agree with you. They're going to be good when Burrow's healthy. I don't think they're going to be as good as they have been in the past, which is you kind of hinted at. That whole secondary took a massive hit. And they didn't replace them. And they got like $26 million in cap space. We're like, what the hell are they doing? I'm sorry. What the hell are they doing down there? Because what are you going to do with the cap space? The Cam, Cam Hilton is your leader in that back backfield in Eli Apple. Really? Like, and, you, and you went into the season knowing this. Teams. So I, we'll just we'll have to see how it plays out. But I think they're, they're eventually going to be – they're contender, but to the Super Bowl ilk, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go that far. I mean, I think they're, they're going to have to take next offseason and do something with their secondary. All right. Pretender or contender? The Denver Broncos, are they really that bad? It's kind of hard to be that bad, isn't it? Giving up 70, it's only happened once in or, that was once in four four times in NFL history. I don't I, look. I'll be honest with you. I was really, really laughing this summer when Sean Payton called out Nathaniel Hackett, and I laughed because on Facebook this week I literally posted, "Sean Payton, you have a phone call online, Nathaniel Hackett, or line one, Nathaniel Hackett." So. How do you be that bad? Give up seventy points and then call out the previous coach and say how bad he was. I Def, definitely pretender. There, there's no two. We're on the same it. page with this. We're on the same yeah. page with this. I, I think they are pretenders. They are that bad. I mean, they Sean Payton should have just their franchise when they traded for Russell Wilson. Yes, but you know, you still got John Elway out there. Isn't he still out there? Yeah. I, but I think that, my, my, my thing is that Russell Wilson's a good football player. The problem is what they gave up to get him, which set their whole organization back years. And now Sean Payton's stuck with putting it together again. And I don't know if he's the man yet to do that or not. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not going to agree that Russell Wilson was that good of a quarterback when they traded for him. I mean, the Seahawks know what they're doing when they're trading him away. I mean, he's gotten so – I mean, Sean Payton called him out for just basically doing – social activism with his girlfriend I mean, right. come play football then do social activism when you're done as a as a missouri tiger fan i was a little disappointed to see them get rid of drew lock because they never really gave him a fair shot I yeah geno i would smith, agree with that drew smith or geno smith started playing out of his mind 
So then, therefore, Drew Locke never did get a shot. Yeah, but tell me that Geno Smith thing's going to last. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's going one year, right? We should have put the Seahawks. We're talking about the Seahawks. What do you think, pretender or contender? Pretender or contender on the Seahawks? Gosh, in the NFC, it's a tough, it's a tough road there. I, I, are you talking NFL Super Bowl champs? No, but are they someone who can make a little run in the playoffs? Absolutely. Okay, so you're going with. I just made them up. I'm not even going to talk about them. Okay, the Cleveland Special. You ready for this one? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers with their quarterback Baker Mayfield. Pretender or contender? Definitely pretender. I'm going to agree with you. I think they're pretenders. I have never in all my days of watching Baker Mayfield have thought much of him. Is he athletic? Sure. Can he make a player here or there? But I also believe that as athletic as he is, it gets him in trouble. And at the end of the day, Tampa's got a good defense, but I don't think they have what it takes to be a good offense. I'm just waiting for the Baker Mayfield breakdown. Have you seen the Baker Mayfield cycle? No, I have not. Okay, I've I gotta it. find I've seen, this. I've seen him lay an egg against a few teams, including our Steelers. Uh, oh yeah, he's he's laid. He's got a whole cycle. Let me see if I can find it. We made this up as Browns fans. So you find this for all your quarterbacks. Oh come on now. Let me see if I can present this now. I'll share this so you can see it. Okay, here we go. You see that? The Baker Mayfield cycle. Play like poop. Get criticized by the media. Develop an underdog mentality. Beat an inferior opponent. Call out all of his doubters. And then play like garbage again. This is what he does over and over and over and over. Okay, so he's been at beat an inferior opponent the first couple weeks. And then Monday Night Football, he went out and just played like garbage. So now we're back to being criticized by the media. He's going to develop an underdog mentality. So we'll see. have to see how this goes next week for Baker Mayfield. But I don't think he's gotten out of the cycle yet. So I'm going pretender. Yeah, okay. I'm definitely on pretender. Watch with that one. Yeah. Okay, the Green Bay Packers. You got Jordan Love out there. You got their defense. What do you think, Green Bay Packers? Now, again, we're talking about are we Super Bowl contenders or are we going to win the division? Let's go with division. Can they win that division? Yes, they can win that division. I think the Detroit Lions are the best team in that division, but I don't believe that it's it's a lock. And because of this Green Bay's defense and it's still some good parts around Jordan Love, I think they can still be they can still win the division just because they're they've been there done that with the exception of Jordan Love. Okay. So big Thursday night football game coming up in week four in two days from now. We're recording on Tuesday uh, evening, by the way. Um Lions at Packers, Thursday night football, which should be very interesting. Who do you like in that game? Well, um, just because it's at Green Bay, I think that's what you got to go with. And then when you go to Detroit, you got to like Detroit. So you think they're pretty evenly matched? Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, I think probably Detroit has more talent, but again, they got to kind of get over the hump. And keep in mind, they they didn't start off real well last year, and they had went six straight just to 
get all the hype that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not 100% sold on Detroit being that team, but I think they got a whole lot more bandwagon dumpers when they beat Cleveland, or Cleveland, listen to me, uh, Kansas City week one. So, so I'm going to bring up another name from college football. Do you remember Mike Gruppin? Yeah, absolutely. Mike Gruppin is a huge Detroit Lions fan. And he will get on Facebook and just like, like the yep. world rises and sets with the Detroit yeah, Lions. We're, we're friends on Facebook. Yeah, like like yeah, wow. And then, he, and then he posts a picture of me fumbling the ball and I handed it off to him, and I blame him and he blames me. So we definitely wear him and his Detroit Lions fandom. Tell him to go back to playing linebacker. <laughs> I think that's how he ended his college career anyway. Was playing linebacker. Tell him to go back and play linebacker. Don't need him. All right. This one's your personal favorite, because I want your opinion. Contender or pretender? The Cleveland Browns, baby. What do you got? What I want and what I think might be two different things. Because if Deshaun Watson plays as well as he did, there's talent all over that football field, and it's going to be tough to defend them. But you've got to find consistency in Deshaun Watson's play. Because how he ended last year and how he started the first couple games is not going to be the answer. But the way he played week three, and if they can build stack games like that, then I'm scared to death of the Cleveland Browns as a Steeler fan or anybody in the AFC. So I think about the Browns as the defense, man. That defense, I've watched it live twice in Cleveland. They're for real. That's a legit defense. They're everywhere. It is yep. insane. You know, they're going to, they're, it's an NFL season, right? They're going to have bad games. They're going to get beat. But like, this is insane. Some of the stuff they're doing to people. I think they've given up 14 first downs the entire season after three games. This is insane. Insane. Well, it's and like, the Steelers defense is what beat them, not their, yeah, not, right. not the Steelers offense. Yeah. So. Like Deshaun Watson, like, well, I mean, Harrison Bryant with his stone hands trying to catch the ball like this, so it pops up in the air, almost gave up three interceptions by himself. It was ridiculous. I was counting. Like, why would you throw him the ball? Just put him back in there and block. In the patter, he was the only one open at the time that Deshaun had the ability to throw it because of his clock was going off. Yeah, but still, they just need to take Harrison Bryant out of the the rotation, yeah. man. That dude, stone hands, he balls going up in the air every time he hits it, hits his hands, goes straight up. And we don't need that think, on the field. I think the guy that doesn't get enough credit and certainly should get the ball more is David Njoku. Now, maybe the Steelers took him away the game that I watched, but the truth of the matter is that kid's a stud. And, and he had one or two catches, and then one, one was at least for 25 or 30 yards. I'm like, thank goodness he doesn't ever catch the ball against us. So you'll notice that uh, uh, Amari Cooper gets a lot of run out by himself. Okay, mm-hmm. a lot of what happens against the Browns is that people do take away in David Njoku. Like that seems to be the guy that people are afraid of. I mean, he's huge, fast. He gets the ball and gets running. You're not going to catch him. So I, I, a lot of defenses take him away more than anybody I else. NFL players are freaks at their own even level, but mm-hmm. he's a freak above all the freaks with his ability, and he's just he's just the dude, and that's all there yeah. is to it. Yeah, NFL teams, you should just like get the all 22 and just watch. They will double him pretty much nonstop. They do not want him to have the football. They would rather Amari Cooper catch the football than David Njoku. It, it's interesting to watch. 
This is why when ever Harrison Bryant's out there playing tight end, he's the one that's open because they're not going to let Njoku be open at all. But anyway, I digress. I got two more teams taking forever tonight. So these are the two teams that I have some strong opinions about that I want some answers from you. All right. Pretender or contender, the Washington Commanders. Pretender, right? They got a few players, but I don't think their roster is worth a darn yet. They still got work to do. I mean, let's be honest. The Steelers got smoked pretty close to what they did against Buffalo a year ago. And this year, I guess it was Washington's turn. I think the best news I heard today, or was it yesterday, that they're so there's a they, the Indian group that used to they're they're suing the Redskins to change the name back, or the Commanders to change the name back to the Redskins. That's the best thing that's happened for them this weekend. Their football team's not very good. So I pegged earlier in the year in this podcast as the Washington Commanders as the team that is tanking this year. And the reason I said that is they've got great receivers. You got McLaurin out there. You've got a couple guys out there to play receiver, right? You got Curtis Samuel, who's the all-around guy. You've got a decent eh, offensive line. Not much going on at running back, but that Sam Howell is like a fifth-round draft pick. And that's who you're starting at quarterback. Like, that is like tank city right there. Like, they should just be the Washington tanks. And then they've come out and they've actually beat people. I'm just like, how does this happen? They're two and one. Now, they're going to be competing for Denver to tank. <laughs> Denver's Williams sweepstakes. Yeah, I don't think Denver's. I don't think Denver's trying to tank. I think Washington is trying to tank. That why else would you keep Ron Rivera? But I digress. He doesn't even know the overtime rules, does he? No. He last year he's playing the. They're playing the Browns, right? And. If the Commanders could have beat the Browns last year, they could have made the playoffs. So the Browns just come in and just beat the crap out of the Commanders. And at the press conference, they asked Ron Rivera about the playoffs. He's like, we could have made the playoffs today? Like, it was like news to him that his team could have been in the playoffs. Like, wow. (laughs) We're paying attention. It was in Carolina that he had some sort of snafu in the media, too. Like, he didn't know overtime or something rules. I, I don't know, but I definitely know that he, what? We were still eligible for the playoffs? What? Yeah. Yeah, that was insane. We could have made the playoffs? What, what are you talking about? Okay, the last one, and I really want your opinion on this. The Arizona Cardinals. Pretender or contender? Hmm. You guys had Josh Dobbs for a minute, didn't you? Yep. And, and we were more than willing right? More than willing to trade him away to Arizona. That should tell you what we think of uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Yeah. Let me tell you what I think about the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is small. He's basically a running back playing quarterback, and he got exposed last year, and then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Arizona has any talent around them left because they've made some trades knowing that they were probably – going to tank or at least not play real well. And then for them to beat the Dallas Cowboys the other night, I absolutely loved every second of that because I'm not the Dallas Cowboys. So So, to answer the question, they are definitely a pretender waiting to battle for Caleb Williams as well. I agree. It amazes me that they can come out week one. Didn't they win week one? Who's that? No, they lost week two. No. 
They I lost week one. I think Arizona lost both weeks. They lost week one, but they really took it to somebody, but almost almost won that game. Then they're like up big on the Giants, and the Giants come back and score 28 points yeah. Yeah. and win in the second half, which I was pretty jacked about because I was the only one in my league that picked the Giants. And then they come out and put a butt whooping on the Cowboys. I just think right now this is the team that everybody's walking in saying um, they're starting Josh Dobbs. <laughs> Why are we preparing for this game? I mean, that that's the way I look at it. Well, guess what? That's not going to happen anymore. Oh, no. After you put a beat down on Dallas, nobody's... You got everybody's attention now. Yeah, now now their, their season's going to go... Because yep. nobody's going to take that stuff lightly. All right, Brad, we're going to walk into my favorite segment, and then we're going to wrap this up. So favorite segment coming up. Here comes the Ravens hate. All right, hold on. I got to play the, the intro here. Up here. I'm actually a Ravens fan. Go to hell. All right. Into the Ravens. So, Brad, what do you hate about the Ravens? First thing I hate about them is their freaking color scheme. Purple. That's enough for me to want to watch them. But Good that's point. the least of my words. Definitely, <laughs> I, I can't stand their arrogance. They have, they've won two Super Bowls in their existence, and one was done with a, free, a quarterback that shouldn't have been playing in Trent Dilfer. Mm-hmm. Um, how deep do I want to go? I mean, they do have a, a criminal, if you even want to call that as your best player that's ever played for you. Um. They've got the running back playing. Well, you know, you got Ray Lewis, you got Ray Rice. You, well, you know, you got the whole situation Ray, going on. If your name's Ray in the Ravens organization, you probably <laughs> got lucky to not be behind bars. Um, and by the way, the quarterback now that they have should be playing running back. I so, I agree as well. I, I see everybody I talk to in the know. At least I think he's in the know. Look at look at Lamar Jackson and think that guy should be playing running back. All he can do is throw the ball over the middle. Like he doesn't throw the ball outside unless it's like a little bubble screen or something. I want to know if you're going to sit back in that pocket with Lamar Jackson and expect him on a consistent basis in the playoffs in January. You expect him to deliver the ball to where you want it to go. Now, there's no <laughs> doubt he's going to run through you like all through the winter or, you know, fall to the fall here against lesser teams. But look at his record against the Steelers. Two and four. That's kind of like Joe Burrow's one and seven against the Browns. <laughs> I wanted to get that out there. I wanted to put one that out there for you. <laughs> but yeah. I honestly, the Ravens and the Steelers, there's no, there's no love loss. I mean, they just don't like each other, period. So I could I could go on and on about how I dislike the Ravens, but the bottom line is they've got all the, they've got as much talent as any team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be rooting my you know what off to make sure that I will won't root for them and make sure that they don't make the playoffs. Well, this I, week I is a we're going to knock them out of first place after we win this week and then get beat by whoever they're playing. Well, they're playing the Browns this week, so they'll tie. Ravens are at Browns. The Ravens and Browns are going to tie this week. Oh, no. No, the Browns are going to beat the Ravens this week. I'm going to tell you why. Because the Browns can rush the passer. 
And then they're not going to pull that stupid contain rush crap that the Bengals tried that lets him just sit back there and just throw the ball to whoever. You know, the Colts actually rushed him and made him take off. And, and today's NFL is not the NFL it was three years ago. Those linebackers aren't running four six, four seven forties anymore. They're running four fours, four five, four sixes. So they're just as fast as he is. He is, and he's not running around like a crazy man like he used to. The only time that dude runs is when he's escaping the pocket. I would say just dare him, because if you pressure him, he's going to throw it, and you know he's going to throw it one place, which is over the middle of the field anyway. So just stack up. He's not healthy, is he? Say that again. Mark Edwards, he's not healthy, is he? Mark Andrews? Andrews, yeah, Andrews. Yeah. Well, I'm tied in. It's a tough car. Yeah, Mark Andrews. You know, the, the it's funny because they're running that uh, that old-style offense they had. They would only throw it to the tight ends over the middle. Now, with this kind of air raid thing they're doing with uh, Todd Monken, which, I mean, he was in Cleveland for a while, and that worked like garbage in Cleveland. It worked like garbage in Tampa Bay. But now, all of a sudden, he's the savior of the Ravens' offense. Now they're throwing it to wide receivers over the middle. So I don't know. I mean, like, I guess that's a better use of your receiving course to run them, run those crossers and at different levels of the defense, you know. Until they get hit. Yeah. Until they get hit, and then they're going to rethink that crap. Like, I'm not doing this. I will say this, and I, I know this is the Ravens hate segment, which coincides with me. There's no other team I hate more than the Ravens. Well, good. And you probably know why I hate the Ravens, because the Ravens used to be the Browns, and... They suck. By the way, in the Orioles, I'm sure you know this, the Baltimore Orioles used to be the St. Louis Browns until they got sold and, like, Baltimore turned them into somebody else. I mean, I went to a game because, like I said, I have family out there in that area, and I went to a game, and the guy looked, one of the Ravens fans looked at me and said, what's a Brown? And I looked at him and said, the only reason you're asked that question is your damn city. That's why you don't even know what a Brown is. Look it up. So anyway, so let's. I mean, have you seen the Ravens games? I didn't get a chance to see the Colts game, but I'm pretty happy no, that the Colts showed up in Baltimore and beat the Ravens. That to me is some kind of poetic they justice. Played, they played both or all two of the three games they played in the noon time slots. So that's tough for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, I don't get a chance to watch the noon time slot. I, I see the updates on the phone. But my son's playing baseball at that time, so it's hard. So then right, usually right. I get a lot of the replays of stuff. But when I just have such a disdain for them that I, I struggle to watch them. I, just, I can't stand them. And then when we beat them at the end of the year last year, oh, that was that was very satisfying. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of people like, oh, Lamar Jackson's now going to be that pocket passer quarterback. And I just always remind people that – 32 NFL teams watched him play a pro-style offense at Louisville, and 31 of them decided he needed to be a wide receiver or a running back. And only one team thought he was worth playing quarterback. Now, he's won an MVP. I mean, I'll give him that. But I think that was a part of being a glorified running back in a system where you could exploit slower linebackers, which you can't do now. That's why they got rid of the system. And so I think the Ravens are in a world of hurt. But I've been saying this for three months, but let me ask you about this. You said he was an MVP. Well, how did he become an MVP in the NFL by running the football? By running the football. His MVP year, he gave he threw something like three or four interceptions in the AFC playoff game. I think it was to the Titans. And 
I don't think he's been the right been right since. But yeah, hand the ball off, run the zone read, the power read, do all those things, but you're not going to win the big game with him in the in the playoffs. Yeah, I would. They're going the Ravens are going to have to try to find a way to score at high clips with against the Chiefs, against the Bills. Mm-hmm. Comes out of the AFC, you know, the AFC Central, we are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my point being, they're not going to be able to rely on Lamar to throw the football when he needs to in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of perused some, didn't watch the whole game because I, I get the uh, NFL Plus and I watch those 40 minute condensed games. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole game, but I, I've talked to some people who, one who was there. Um, but what I was told happened was exactly what the Houston Texans did to him, which was you take away the deep ball, right? If you take away the deep ball from that air raid system, what do you have to do? You have to start throwing the ball underneath. And where are you going to start throwing the ball underneath? You're going to start throwing the ball underneath outside because you're running the guys up and you're doing the stops and the comebacks. Okay, that's not what he's about. So then you're just stuck with him running, what, two or three patterns over the middle. You've got your slants, your posts, you know, not much you can do. So the Colts just took all that crap away, took all the deep stuff away, okay, then made him sit and read man zone, look for the spots and all that kind of stuff. And at that point, he just started running. I was like, screw it, just going to start running. And then, you know, because defenses nowadays are not what they were three years ago, they just tackled him and they ended up beating him at home. Well, I think Indianapolis <laughs> Colts' defense is pretty over underrated. They're pretty good. They just can't right. get, mm-hmm. get all their offensive pieces together, especially get them all healthy. <laughs> on. So, but yeah, I, I hope you're right because you know what the NFL is more than anything is a copycat league, and Indianapolis gave them the uh, format and the blueprint to hopefully beat beat them more successfully well, think, than the past. I think the the blueprint's been around, and I think the Texans used it week one. The difference is the Texans had C.J. Stroud as their rookie quarterback on their first start and you know that guy's not winning this first start so and plus the ravens do have a complicated three four defense you know not particularly the same way the steelers run it but they do have a, a kind of complicated basic system come up the middle like the steelers like to do and flush outside um but uh you know the cj stroud's not winning this first nfl start nobody wins their first nfl start it, it just doesn't happen nope. so you knew they were screwed. You knew the Texans were screwed when they, when they got the Ravens. But I think uh, the Bengals came out the next week, and I don't know what they were doing. I really don't. I think they were just trying to like play man against all of them. And Zay Flowers, I mean, say what you will about Zay Flowers. He's a shifty dude. Like, he's probably the only good wide receiver they have. And that's including OBJ. Yeah, he's, Zay Flowers, I watched him play on that one, one of those Monday night or Sunday night games preseason I watched about four plays and I knew everything I needed to know about that guy. He is going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, that's the guy you got to watch in that offense is Zay Flowers. The rest of them, uh, whatever. You know, they'll make plays. Nelson Aguilar might catch a, a ball this year. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, how many teams has that guy been on? So, you know, they, he might. Excuse me. There's a reason he's been on a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and OBJ's hurt. Of course, they're probably holding him out for this week to Cleveland, but um, eh, whatever. So, any last thoughts? Okay, this is the last, last thing I got. I know I've picked it. Where's that Cleveland-Baltimore uh, game at? It's in Cleveland. 
Okay. It's in Cleveland this year. This week. Say that again. I said, I'm going to go with Cleveland this week because I just feel like that home field advantage is so, so strong in the NFL. Well, I also think the Cleveland Browns defense is just going to shut that offense down. The defense is like really good. I mean, I don't know if that's that defense is getting enough play nationally. It is historically good at this point. Held uh, teams to six points at home so far. And both of those, well, the one touchdown in Pittsburgh was a busted play, but you get that. That's what happens, right? You get to credit that. Other than that, I don't think the defense has given up a touchdown. It's insane. It's insane. So, anyway, I think the defense is going to have enough of him, and I think we've got enough linemen to pressure him. It's going to force him to make quick throws. He's going to be inaccurate, and I think there's it's going to be a field day. That's my opinion. There we go. Okay, Brad, last segment of the day, and I'm throwing this one on you. Okay? So, I want you to tell one, one college story about me from what you remember in college. And I'm going to let you know I've got three or four on deck here. So whatever level you take this to, I will match it. You know, I really. <laughs> so you have your computer always there on your mm-hmm. desk and you always had the music playing and you were in there. So one few times while you were gone, I jumped on there and I played Tetris for the first time. <laughs> but I remember. At nauseum, you almost had like a loop of music going, and Ace of Bass was being played there. And for some reason, you liked listening to Ace of Bass. I don't know if if that was your thing, but I remember you vividly every time that Ace of Bass song comes on. Okay, so that was a pretty nice story. I had all kinds of stories like lined up. So I'm gonna say this. Go ahead. I can, I, you go ahead and tell me all the stories because I would love to hear them because I love people when they make fun of me because that means at least they care about me. If they don't, Brad, I cared about you, man. Come on. Yeah, that's my point. I just, I just couldn't stand staying up all night. That was my thing. Like, I'm a a go to bed by 10 o'clock thing, and you wanted to be up all night playing Tech Mobile, man. I couldn't deal with that. Couldn't deal with it. No, but but my story. Say it again. I had that football in my life at all times. Hey, I agree. I I get it. I totally get it. So my story for you is this, okay? This is what got me the mad respect for Brad Haskell. You liked this girl, okay? I remember this girl. She had a sister our age that everybody hated. And she was like a real witch. But she had an older sister that was a junior. And I think you asked her out like four times. I remember you calling her up, asking her out, and she's like, no, no. And you're like, okay, I'll try again in a couple days. And you call her up again, and she'd turn you down. And then you'd call her up again, and she'd turn you down. I'm like, that's some respect, dude. He's going to wear her down. I don't know if you ever did or not, but, like, I'm going to give you the mad respect for you saw something, and you went for it. And I don't know if you ever got it or not, but you went for it. And what, what more can you want out of a person, right? Well, I mean... I mean, I'm pretty relentless in everything I do, so I don't I don't like to lose and I don't like to fail. So if you have those two things in your life, I think it's you know you're going to be all right in life, and I feel like I've done pretty good. So yeah, uh, I'll say I, that. I'll I would love for you to remember the girl's name because then I could probably give you an update on that. But I, to be honest with you, I, I think I really it was. I think her name was Kim. 
And I think her last name was LaFave. Kim LaFave. She had tall, dark-haired girl. She was really hot. I'm not going to lie. She was hot. You know, but her she, little sister uh, was not. <laughs> country runner? Say that again. Was she the cross country runner? I think so. Turned out all right. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I, I never knew what the end of all that was, but I know you were right. you were on it, man. You were on it, and I respect it. I think maybe it's a football thing because that's how you're successful in football, right? You have to be relentless. You have to see what you want. You have to go at it. You have to never give up and 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 do it, man. I thought, well, you know, he's going for it, man. This is what I want out of my quarterback. That's my quarterback. <laughs> Brad, you'll always be my quarterback. I'm just going to let you know. I, I appreciated being roommates with you for a semester freshman year. Wish you would have turned off the Tecmo Bowl. We probably would have gotten along better, but that's okay. <laughs> you probably should have told me to turn it off. I wouldn't have taken that much convincing. Uh, no, I think we, we actually almost came to blows over this thing at one point. But I was, okay. was going to take your, a hammer to your Tecmo Bowl game, and I think oh. you stopped me. That's funny. I, I I love that game, and honestly, I even my son downloaded an app that has it on there, and I looked at it. I'm like, oh my goodness, I play that all the time. And you bring yep, it yep. up. More funny now. Tecmo Bowl. All right, Brad. Hopefully to have you back on the podcast. Uh, maybe next time we have Steelers Week, we'll have you back on. Um, yeah. I just enjoyed, I think, just listening to someone else again who knows football, and and just. It's it's few and far between, and you probably know that. Like knowing as much football as you do, it's it's a lonely football life. <laughs> I actually had a great time, and I'm whenever you want to invite me back, I'll be ready. Cool. It might be sooner than later. So, you know, Ravens. keep uh, keep on your Ravens hate. Keep that Ravens hate up. That that's some good Don't level worry, Ravens that, hate. That that won't that won't be a problem. And the more they fail at, at playing football, the more it'll fuel my fire. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we can agree on that. So, yeah, all right, guys, thanks for thanks for hanging out. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. <laughs>